Hey, good evening, everybody. Yes, we are live. The show is 22 now. The network is Area 22 Productions. And uh, I got I got an amazing show tonight, man. I really do. We got a great show. Uh, we got Dee Snyder on with us tonight. And my good friend, bandmate. And we are just back from, uh, well, he's still there. But we're just back from California because... We got inducted into the Heavy Metal Hall of Fame. Yay. Woo! Yeah, just great. Look at him smiling. Look at him smile. I love it. It's great. It's great. D, I mean, it... it oh, my, I'm, I'm, on, I'm here? I'm sitting in silence. Yeah, I keep, yeah, no, I'm no, in the you're, waiting room. You're, you're on with us, man. You're on. Oh, man, yeah. We are, we are, yeah, well, I'm here. I live out in L.A. now, so uh, uh, hence the tank top. Yes, uh, it's nice there. Uh, not rubbing that in or anything like that. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was great. It was great. It was. I mean, man. I mean, yeah. I mean, the only part that mattered was being with you guys and performing again, and um, just to see it. Well, this is the truth. Okay, I don't think I said truth. this to Mark. This truth. is the truth. Go ahead, go. At rehearsal. Um, it was good, uh, it, it, but I I made a joke. I said, I guess it's I guess it's not just like riding a bike, uh, you know, because they say just oh, it's just like riding a bike. You never forget. But the minute we got on stage, like sort of really live, yeah. I mean, just the audience, and it just and it just clicked, and it was just like it was like riding a bike. It was like holy crap. It just because I, I didn't even know I, I, it's been almost over six years with you guys, and I haven't sung in in a year. I, I don't know, but it's been a long time. And I'm like, I don't know. It, it just sort of seems remote to me now, and it just it was just like the old days. It was, it great. was. and I, I have to say that you know, um, of course, Mike Portnoy has played with us many times before. Um, you know, he he helped us pick up the uh, pick up the pace from AJ, who we miss and can't replace but we actually had to get keith to stand in for eddie and i have to say we'll go right to as you did talking about the show we still pummeled the place i mean just yeah pummeled it yeah well you know i gotta give a lot of credit first of all eddie had covid everybody yes, he's, he's eddie still was very sick. sick him and his wife yes they both um, had covid and you know and believe me it just it, it just hit him and i talked to eddie and you probably did too as well when it just hit him and he wanted to be there, and in that little voice in you, you got the the, the, the two the devil and the angel, oh, and the devil's yeah. going, I go, go anyway, you know, just just go. People aren't going to know you were a man, you know. And then the angel said, said I can't do that. And plus, his wife Clara hasn't been well lately, and she, yes. you know, he didn't want to leave her there, so he missed the event, and. Um, and yeah, uh, Keith. Well, he goes by. Well, I knew him as Keith Robert, and now apparently he's Keith War. And it's yeah, actually, he's Keith Robert War. Yeah, but it's actually a longer last name. Yeah, yeah. And the War War is cool, but it's Warchowski or something. He's got like one I, of those. I just, I just uh, yeah, like a Keith, Polish name or something. Keith, Keith Robert Warlock. <laughs> and this guy, I call this guy the, the Swiss Army knife of of, uh, of of musicians. Yeah, he because is. he, I mean, I've. He was a roadie for us. He's a guitar player. Yeah, as a roadie trade, for a us. Player, yes, he played with. He's played on solo things with me. He's filled in last minute on bass. He stepped up on guitar, and you know, it's cre and so much credit to him because really, 
he he was Eddie's roadie, right? Was he Eddie's side? Eddie and Jay. So he was their side of the state. So he watched Eddie play. Yes. And um, Eddie really holds down the fort as a guitar player. You know, especially with songs like Under the Blade and You Can't Stop Rock and Roll, where it's just, I call it acapella. No one else is playing. It's just Eddie, you know, and it really sets the song Oh, it sets it right up. It does. So I was, you know, and Keith's a very good, obviously, he's, I, I think it, the more I, I work with him, the better, the more I realize how talented he is, because not all lead guitar players, all guitar players are good rhythm players, and no. Eddie is a mother effer of a rhythm and, player, and he's, he's a machine, yeah. yeah, you know, so he's set, you can't stop rock and roll, and under the blade, both songs that start with that Eddie guitar, rhythm guitar, percussive guitar, he set him up for us, and then we just knocked him down. But yeah. if he had floundered, I, I think we would have recovered. I know we were pros; we would have. It just would have, the t- it would have been a different event, actually, yeah. of salvaging <laughs> instead of being just a sledgehammer. You know? Yeah, I, I, it worked out so well. Um, you know, when we were in rehearsal, and of course, our rehearsal is like half playing music and half comedy. Yeah, <laughs> that's our rehearsal. We had a three-hour rehearsal, an hour and a half was comedy. <laughs> yes, no, really more like two hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> two hours. Very little play. But it's, it's like we go through a song, and go. All right, let's let's move on to the next one. <laughs> you know, but Keith was a little rough. It was his first time doing those things, and no. he was a little rough in the rehearsal. But he said, he to me, he said, "Don't worry." He says, "I'll take this out. I'll take this out." You know, and and when he he played with authority, and then go to Mike, you know, to, to Mike Portnoy, who plays. AJ's everything AJ plays live because AJ live is a much more complicated, busier drummer, yes. which is how we are live than he was on record. And Mike, when he back when he played, was studied AJ beat for beat. With him behind, the first time I played with him, it was like a, I don't want to say it was AJ, it, like AJ was not wasn't gone, but that's how how precisely he played what AJ played. And he didn't he loves AJ. He didn't want to disrespect AJ in any way by Mike portnoying it up. Played what AJ played, and and so we had those two guys backing us up, and then of course we do what we do. You, me, and John. Oh, you know, JJ. Yeah. yeah. It, it it was um, and again, you know, I I it, you go like we we just transfer over to like our acceptance speeches, and um, you know, a lot of people had commented to me, not bad, complimented, you know, that I said I want to thank D. Snyder, JJ French, Mike Portnoy. And and Keith, because I'm getting to do what I love to do one more time. I don't know if you remember yeah. hearing that. I did hear it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and I heard and it. like everybody's like, "Wow, that's a, because it it really meant that much to me. It really did. And um, it, it, the minute we got started, it was like a freight train coming through that room at a hundred miles an hour. I mean, we jaws jaws were dropping. They, <laughs> people really tend to dismiss us who don't know us, right. who haven't seen us. Yeah. They make a big mistake. We've seen it so many times. Do you remember we it, we did, it, it was um, in Montreal, uh, the one we played with Metallica and Slayer, and uh, uh, I think Metallica was there as well. Anthrax uh, was like 75,000 people. Uh, heavy Montreal. Heavy Montreal. Yeah, heavy Montreal. That. So... We're up there on the bill, and I just listed bands: Anthrax, a Slayer, Metallica, and 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 a host of other really heavy bands. And Twisted Sisters on there. We know we deserve to be there, and I think 
Metallica and Slayer and all those guys um, know that because when we were going to the stage, I saw Kerry King from Slayer uh, walking up the stage. I said, we go? And he says, we're going to watch you. I told the guys, watch what Twisted Sister does. <laughs> so, he, so Slayer was coming because they have seen us and they know. But there, we I had already heard the hubbub was in, from Montreal heavy metal fans. What was Twisted Sister doing there? And then we showed them. And we were the band that people remembered. Everybody was like, holy, that was like the best show because we are heavy as, I don't, can you curse on your, on your network or what? Yeah. I try not to. I, heavy as F and, um, and uh, you know, and aggressive and intense. And we schooled everybody. We always schooled everybody. Yeah. Yeah, I remember uh, uh, well, a couple of things. You know, in, in, in interviews I do, when they, they, they get down and they, you know, people interviewing us, you know, they try to analyze the band. And why would analyze it? We'll get up there and we do what we do best. But I remember at one point, and I think you remembered me saying this, I said, you know what it is? It's like we play the Super Bowl every night we play and we win. And I remember <laughs> one person going, well, why would you, we know you win, but why is that? I said, we have the best quarterback, that's you, and he has the best lineman, that's us, you know, and we win every single time. Not at a detriment to any of the bands we play with, because just about everybody we play with, we're fans of. Yeah. You know, the Anthrax and, 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 and everybody, and Iron Maiden, we're big fans of all these bands. You know, we grew up listening to them just like they did, they grew up listening to us. So Yeah, and, and the better bands themselves, they, you know, they like, like, I always felt that the, the, to me, the ultimate 80s, I hate to say 80s because I don't, you know, but still a metal tour before it was all split up into this is hair metal and this is thrash metal that yeah. was Baden Twisted Sister, 1984, 85. Yeah. No one blinked an eye at a Twisted Sister being with an Iron Maiden. No one blinked an eye at that. We with Metal whether it was Motorhead or Metallica, people. It was just metal. We were, uh, you know, had our own metal thing, and the other bands had their metal things, and those were great tours when you play with bands, and you know, and and Maiden I think is one of the great live bands as well. But we were throwing down every freaking night, and I guarantee you. Anybody who's there, you got the best Iron Maiden every night because Twisted Sister was setting the bar every freaking night. When, you're, when we're coming out, as aggressive as we come out, as intense as we go out, swinging for the fences every freaking night, you got no choice but to, to play your asses off. I heard that from Anthrax when we, we were in Greece. And Anthrax played with us, and we saw them on stage. I said, "Why are you guys really good?" He said, "We had to be." He said, well, "You guys were playing, and you know we had to be our best." It was like Twisted Sister. You know, you just set the bar so high. Particularly in our, our live is what we do best. Live performing is what we do best. We, we, definitely, and it, 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 and I, you know, I'm not patting ourselves on the back. I'm just saying. You know, I never looked at it that way up until recently when I when I started doing some interviews and people really started talking about it. I mean, we haven't played in six years, and I'm still doing interviews about Twisted Sister playing live. And, uh, you know, it comes out that way. It comes out that way, and it comes out that way. Um, and it's it's I try not to sound self-centered or like I'm patting us on the back because we do a great job. We just do what we do. Because we always enjoyed it. So when you roll up to what happened a couple of nights ago in in um, Agora Hills in California where the club was, the Canyon Club is, and 
it, it, I'm telling you, D, I was standing next to you on the stage, and I thought we did it last week. You know, I thought we did it. It felt like we did a show last week. It's like it, it wasn't six years. It was like six days since the last show. It was. And, and anybody, if you're listening, just go on YouTube. There's plenty of fan footage uh, film. It's very evident and very intense. And uh, and it was great. But, you know, I, I want to go, like, to the actual thing itself. So we got asked to be inducted, and they didn't know if we were going to play. And I've, I've said since the day we retired – I would play with these guys any day of the week. I said, I just can't do a 90 or two hours anymore. But to do a few songs, to do it for charity, to do an event, to do a few, to go on uh, uh, Jimmy Fallon and play a song together any day of the week. I, we love each other. I love these guys. I just, you were talking about patting yourself on the back. I can't move my arm. I'm raising my arm as far yeah, as I, I can. I know you. Okay. I can't pat myself on the back. My shoulders are like I've locked up. It's, it's, it's it, it, look. I don't want to bitch and moan. So, but so, it, but I've been wanting to get together with you guys and just play for years. I told JJ, I said, if we're all in the same place at the same time, maybe we could just grab a rehearsal space on Long Island and just go in there, lock the doors, five guys, and just. Play and laugh, because like you said, it's half laughing and half playing. But just play anything and everything we want to from the songs we haven't played in years, or early records, or the, from the bar days, or covers that we loved, or favorite yeah, back when well. we played cover tunes. I've been wanting to do that since we broke up. I miss you guys. You know, not it doesn't matter. The audience just. They, you guys just incite a riot, basically, because if you, when you guys are there, all of a sudden it's like, oh, people are watching. All right, let's do that. You know, it's all of a sudden it's that much more serious <laughs> because somebody's watching. You know, but um, I, I, that to me was the best part, just to get a chance to be in the same room with you guys. I'm so sad, sad that Eddie wasn't there because I'm sure he needed it as much as we needed it. Yeah, yeah. I needed that. Eddie needed that. Um, you know, I know he did. And it was breaking his heart. And by the way, his daughter, um, Michelle. Yes. Uh, she 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 read his acceptance speech, and she represented him. And when I told him about Michelle, he goes, "I don't know. I don't know if she'll feel comfortable doing that." You think she felt comfortable? I thought she would just take the, she was going to take the mic and start singing. <laughs> I mean, she was so comfortable; it was insane. But she, yeah, I, thought, like, I was thinking the D, same thing. Man. Give an elbow to me, like out of the way. Yeah, you can't, D, get out of the way. Singing, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, she but she represented her dad real good, and um, I, I'm sort of going off on a, a tangent. No, but Nicole, go, go, go AJ, AJ Piro's daughter. Yeah, Nicole. We, we brought her in to represent her dad, and I'm so glad we did. Yeah, and um. She, when I came off the stage, she was in tears. Tears. Um, tears. I mean, it just, you know, man. we were speaking so glowingly about her dad. And, of course, we we do. We love them and we miss them. And uh, she was in tears, you know. And yeah. uh, I'm really glad we brought her. Uh, just, you know, that AJ's progeny. He's got four kids or five? Thinking about how many kids does he have? That little bastard eight got around. It could, it could be eight or ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. He's got. Yeah, I mean, one of them just popped up out four, of nowhere. You four, know. Four. So, uh, but anyway, yeah, he was the he was the most uh, prolific of the band members. Yeah. When it comes to that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so, so it, that was that was beautiful. It's just, it would have been just so great if Eddie and um and and AJ were there because oh, they yeah. as I said to Eddie, we fought a freaking war. We did. You know, uh, we did. because, you know, sometimes we get caught up in little, you know, frustrations with 
within the band or within between each other. It's just natural in any relationship, and nothing blows up or whatever. But I saw Eddie one day. I said, Eddie, we fought a war. Ten years, years and years and years, and you were fighting before you joined Twisted Sister, Mark. We fought and fought and fought, and said on stage, if they told me, D, all your dreams will come true, but it's going to take ten years, I would have said, no, thank you. No, thank you. (laughs) Ten years. Are you kidding me? So, and never forget that these are the guys who stood shoulder to shoulder and faced every crowd, the five of us against the world. And that's what it felt like in the beginning. After a while, they started getting, oh, they were with us. But in the beginning, whew, it felt like it was, a, it was a battle. Yeah. You know, uh, let, me, let me say this right now to you, and it also goes out to, to um, J.J. and Eddie and, of course, Mike Portnoy. Um, and not that I want to leave Keith out, but when we're all playing, Mike will be the guy, the drummer, hopefully, if we ever do right. this again. Yeah, yeah I mean, Keith, was, I, I mean, I Keith share... was a stand-in. He did an amazing job. Yeah, he did an amazing not, job. He's, not a, he's not a member of the band. Yeah, because Eddie's, we still have Eddie, and that's important. And yeah. That's but let me oh, man, one, say... I, saw one of the, I saw one of the things online said, the three surviving members. I was like, oh, my no. Surviving members. <laughs> surviving members. <laughs> and, and Eddie's still alive. I'm not dead yet. No, Ed, you know, I can <laughs> hear Eddie going, oh, Clarence. <laughs> but uh, but let, me, let me just make this statement right now here. Yeah. And, and I know that you're live on, on, on the air with me right now, but this goes out to JJ and Eddie and Mike Portnoy, of course. I will share the stage of battle with you guys Anytime, anywhere, anyhow. Thank you. I will. I, I uh, thank you. And I and I was you, my friend. Um, yes. And and it's so funny that still after all these years, I don't know if you feel it, get it, but I still get it. There's those who have seen us and 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 are aware of what we do and what we are. And there's a large segment of the population who only know a couple songs and videos, and they really don't. No, and I, no, I said this it. in my acceptance no. speech. I turned to, to Mike and to Steve Vai, Mike Portnoy and Vai, who inducted us at the hall, and I said, I'm really glad you guys are here. Yes. As because there's two, twi- there's two, a tale of two twisted sisters. One is the band that people who watched MTV discovered in 1984, and, and they saw us at that point. Then there's the Northeast musician awareness the depth of awareness which is crazy where people went to those shows for year after year after year and grew up like vi did like portnoy did like chuck d from public enemy did like anthrax and overkill did like poison and And kicks and bon jovi and cinderella like all those bands came studied they stood in front they watched and studied what we did and then went off and took their lessons their ted talks we gave them ted talks every night (laughs) and they took their ted talk and then they went off and used what they learned and that's cool that's cool i don't mind people musicians in the northeast when they talk about us when richie sambora talks about us he used to come see us they talk reverently yes and people from out west don't really get it because they weren't a part of that you no, know they, they don't know that, that twisted no, sister not. yes you know so i feel like there's still times when i'm talking to people and i go you and i'm saying to myself saying myself about the person i'm going you have no idea you have no idea no, what we no. do and what we did and how we did it you clearly don't don't know this band you saw we're not going to take it and you think that you got it. you figured us out right you know um so uh 
it's I feel like this is uh, like you say so stand shoulder to shoulder I feel that we're always standing shoulder to shoulder and every time that night I know there was naysayers in that crowd I know there was people who were going you know not really metal you know like who don't understand Twisted Sister no believe me there wasn't one doubter you know, three songs. You know, and, and they said, "Should we do more?" And I looked. And I said, "No, that's good. That's we. They're, they're, they're freaking out right now. Well, let's let's go." You know, so um, yeah, there were doubters there, and we shut their mouths too. Oh, we, we, I, you know, we we can't. We, I do this once in a while. I mean, I you don't see it, but when we played, especially those big shows, and I'll tell you exactly what I did. Um, one of those shows, or a couple of those shows, we had um, Five Finger Death Punch. On the on the bill with us, right? They were on. Yes, we did. And it was Anaheim. It was two nights. It was in California. It was the Anaheim uh, House of Blues. Was one of them. No, and, was, uh, this was in Europe only. Before oh, Europe too. Oh no, the yes. first time I saw Top Five Finger, they yeah. were opening. They weren't signed yet. You yeah. remember? Yeah, I remember. They that. opened A great for Twisted. Band. Great band. But I remember yeah. we were we were on stage. We're headlining, and I remember they had a couple of the guys came to me, and their tour manager said, hey, can we come on stage and watch? And I was like, of course you can. Get on stage, man. You know, we never stopped anybody from watching us from the sidelines because you can't expect them to go out, but we never stopped anybody like some other bands. In any case, so the guys were up there, and I don't remember which member it was, but we had just finished doing something so intense um it wasn't the end of the night but it was just so intense and and the guys in in five finger death punch on the they're cheering and going nuts and i think i go up to the drummer right and i i don't hit him really hard like i could but i i punch him in the chest and he he like bends over a little (laughs) bit and i yell and i i can't do it here i don't want to overpower the compressors and everything and i go yeah. and that's and in a in a mendoza voice and that's how it's done motherfucker you know <laughs> and he, he's standing like this and he's a built character he's a big guy and he's standing like this so later on his tour manager comes up and says he says that's the coolest thing that's ever happened to him <laughs> punching him in the chest saying and mendoza yelling at him going that's how it's done motherfucker <laughs> Yeah, I, I personally, Danny, uh, our tour manager. Right. Uh, I'm not telling you. I'm telling the audience. Yeah, go ahead. Um, he knows that I love it when the other bands on stage watch it because now I'm going to take my penis out and slap him in the face with it. Like I just go, I'm like, oh, are you 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 watching? Watch this. And I just I just add a little more just for them. Because they're up close and they can see the detail, so they need to see, get get smacked in the face. So yeah, I, I mean, I, I just love, and we've had so. I mean, like I said, you know, head of the stage, and there's Kerry King. Told the guys, get up on stage. We're gonna watch what Twisted does to this crowd. You know, you, and, and the guys in Pantera and Clutch, yeah. and how many bands, how many, you know, the biggest bands in the world, they. All come, they all when Twisted's on stage, they all know. The, by the way, people, the bands know. The bands know. Led Zeppelin knows. Yeah, exactly. Twisted sister is a mother effer on stage. Exactly. They know. Robert told Robert Plant has seen me. He told them. So you know, they just they everybody. The bands know. The fans may not know, yeah. but bands. They all know. Oh yeah, this is like this is not where you want to get in the ring with Twisted. No, you know, maybe in the studio you can do your thing and blah blah blah, and we can hold our own. But still, but on stage, toe to toe, I've called a few rockers who shall remain nameless, Paul Stanley, and I told, <laughs> and I told him, I said, listen, son, 
because he would talk some shit about us. I said, listen, son, you and me, any stage, any time, any place, I will bury you. I will bury you. <laughs> you call us chumps or clowns or something. I will bury you. Put down, get rid of the flames and the fire and the makeup. Let's just have T-shirts and jeans out on that stage. I will put you in the ground. You have nothing to say. Because <laughs> he knows. Because they all know. I'm sorry. We really. I really got to get my pat, arm patent. My, my, yeah, you can't oh, come back. I did it. I can't. I did it. I got my pat myself on the back. I, I'm fired up. I'm. You know, I'm fired up. I'm fired up because not that I forgot. I forget. I got pictures. If I turn my camera around here, and you, you see pictures on the wall from some moments that we had. I I know, but it just being on the stage, the fire there, and feeling it. First time in six years, just immediately, not remembering it, literally feeling it the way you feel. I've been fired up for days, for days. Yeah, since I, that I, day. Me too. Yeah. Fired up for days. I was fired up the afternoon before we got there. Yes. I was like climbing the walls. <laughs> I really was. I was like, let's go. Let's go. I'm all fired up. You know, and it's amazing. You know, the only thing, the only thing that was missing is we didn't have ACDC on. <laughs> it's a long right, way to the, the intro top. tape. It was it was very it was it was very casual and and even everything about it just us we don't just walk out on stage and we did we just walked yeah I mean it was just like things we don't normally do yes uh, now the big the biggest problem for me is you know Suzette calls it my process um, she she said she said my process is to go in the dress, dressing room and basically fume and get mad at the world right, right. and hatred. To be angry <laughs> and then and, and build this anger and then go out and right. just rage um and that's my process but we didn't have a dressing room and we were brought right into a very crowded club where the VIP area was you know, it reminded me of of the smoking section on a plane in the old <laughs> days it was like a sign on the a sign on your seat that said no smoking, no smoking, and the guy behind you would be smoking, and it's just blowing over your seat, you know. So this was the VIP area. It was just open and just right next to the fan area. So you, I'm sitting in this booth, and there's people. Oh, fuck, what do you mean? Hey, dude, what's up? I'm like, you know, and so in, a, in the VIP. That's a. But now we're gonna play for the first time in seven years, almost six years plus, and I'm, I, I it is my process, and I'm. Packed in with fans and VIP people and people talking to me, and I am just, I, I'm just building this rage. Just it's all coming back to me. And, my, <laughs> and some of my children have never witnessed rage. me in the dress because who's that? Would you say just leave Dad alone in there? He's you know when they would come to see me. Um, by the way, I got a great comment about something he said to me once that changed my life. I'm going to tell you in a second Go ahead. about the about the backstage area. Go ahead. I'll get that. just remind me. Say what about the backstage area? Uh, but anyway, uh, but here I am in a crowded room, going through my process, and I and and my son Cody's like, we got to get Dad out of here, get him a coffee or something. I think he's freaking out. And Suzette so goes, he's not freaking out. And Cheyenne, who's seen me, she's she traveled the most with me. She goes, nah, this is his process. He's just getting it's ready to go process. on stage. So I'm just like fuming in this. Anyway, it was really weird that it was none of the normal. Sees of an intro tape or a, a dressing room it, it, where it, it, you could warm up your voice or, yeah. or, you know, or just get ready backstage. That was just out the window. We're like, shot out of a cannon. 
We're in the middle of a room, and we're just like, okay, first time in six years, boom, go do it. And we did. We, we, we never just kind of hung out on a stage and put our guitars on and started playing. Jam. It was always That's a jam, man. Yeah, right? yeah. It was always a roll of tape. The lights were off. Nobody saw us doing that, tuning our guitars. There would, that was the strange part. But I'm telling you, the, the minute we got into the song, I heard the first Portnoy hit that first you know, hi-hat thing for Can't Stop Rock. It would, all of that was gone. It was like, okay, I'm at 150% now. Yeah. I'm ready to exactly. go. I'm ready to fight. <laughs> yeah, 90,000 or 90, it's the same energy from us. You know, oh, I, yeah. I often have said that yeah. I think I put more energy into a room with 90 people than with 90,000. Yeah. Not that you're being cheated 90,000 people at some festivals. It's just that when it's a small group, I feel like I've got to work that much harder. I've got to get these people to leave here and tell the world what they missed. You know, that's like, like <laughs> I've got to make sure that I convert everybody here. And if I don't convert them, then they got to go home and 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 be terrified and never never <laughs> go really come home and to our show again. That works for me as well. That works. So let me tell you a funny thing. You changed. Yeah, my go life. ahead. Changed my life, and it's so weird because, uh, look, one thing, one thing, us reuniting. We broke up, and it was it wasn't good. It wasn't good, and I I was the. I was at the, uh, you know, the epicenter of the cause of it. My ego and my selfishness. I really, I've, I've you know, and one, and I apologize to you because after 15 years we came back, and I was a very different guy. I learned some very valuable life lessons, and I, you know, uh, I got knocked on my ass at the after Twisted Sister, you know, and I got humbled. And there's nothing like a good humbling to sort of make you check yourself, you know. And I, and I, you know, and. and you know I've apologized to you. I apologize to the guys multiple times. And I'll tell you, people, it took a couple of years of being reunited before the guys were sure that I wasn't just faking it. You know, like, oh, no, he seems, actually is, seems, does seem different. You know, so, um, but we were reunited. And, um, and you know, there's certain, there's certain patterns that are there. And we were playing one of our final shows. This is in New Jersey. And it was, remember that rainy night, outdoor show? It rained, unfortunately, because that would have been pandemonium. There was thousands there in the rain, you know. Mud, uh, and yeah. I arrive, and people have been there because playing in New Jersey or New York is like a, is a home gig. It's old home week. There's a millions of friends, everybody and their mother. Your families are coming down. It's like, you know, so you sort of, it's, it's different than going to the Midwest or something where you don't know. But here you know everybody. We've been there for years. And I walk in, and this room packed with people is deathly quiet. And I walk around the room, and I'm like, hi, hi, and walk around, and everybody's like nodding. It's deathly quiet. And I get to Mark on the, as I circle the room, and I get to Mark, I said, I said, what's going on here? It's like a library. And Mark goes, you walked in. You <laughs> it's because you walked in. You walked and in. And, and that and that uh, that was the old D, that old the old D that was you know just this w was always angry and always didn't want any people backstage. Remember, I, I used to make them empty the arena for sound check of all personnel. Yeah, you remember that? Oh yeah, they, yeah, all I remember personnel that. had to leave the arena because yeah. Twisted Sister was sound checking, which meant. I was sound checking. So, I mean, but that, you know, and Dawkins yeah, said they used true. to. That's true. There's a thing with Dawkins, as they said, they used to try and sneak in and hide right. to watch the sound check. Not because they wanted to watch our sound check, but because they just wanted to, like, say, 
F U D. You know, and, and you know, like you can't, you know, like you can't, and we can't be in the arena. In the arena, not even in the back. Right. We can't, no, you can't be. No, you have to empty the arena. What right. a dick move on my part. Anyway, but I, I like when you said that because uh, why it's so quiet in here? Because you walked in. I didn't, like, <laughs> That's what I said. Break. Yeah, and yeah. it just next leveled my like. Man, I gotta like. I can't be that guy ever. I gotta stop that. I, I, I made people miserable with my stupidity, and you know, so I, I, I never, I, I don't want to be that guy again. And I'm not that guy. And you know, it's, I got humbled, man. It shows, man. It, it shows. And right through, you know, 2003 up until right now, you know, it, it, uh, it all worked. You know, when we toured, we did these gigs, and you and I traveled together a lot when you lived back in New York. So we were always yeah. we were always together. We had a ball, we had laughed, and and it was all it was all a great time. It really it really was. And uh, um, that was the most important thing to me is, you know, we were together the second time longer than the first time, but yeah. that we became friends again. I, I you know uh, to the for for it's all about being in battle for five guys. We've gone through hell and back together and won the battle. Yeah, it won. But to not be, not it was a be long friends, war. to not be talking. I mean, you know, I think it was, um, I think uh, Joe Perry said, you know, him and Steven Tyler, you know, when they reconnected, they said that was, they were now in their 40s and 50s. And they're looking back on, you know, what could, what in our 20s was so important in our 20s. When you're in your 40s and 50s, it seems like stupidity, drama. You know, unnecessary drama. Unnecessary. And, uh, you know, so it was really important to me, you know, to, to you know, be friends with you guys again. And then doing a, a, something like the other night was just magic, man. Magic. Yeah, it uh, <laughs> it really it, it really was, you know. And um, we are lucky we got to live the life that we lived in the music industry and did what we did, you know, in the 2000s. We're the biggest part-time band in the world. <laughs> really, I know. We're out there. Bands are touring 220 nights a, a year. A, a year, and what do we play? Eight, ten, twelve shows <laughs> a year. That was it, you know. I've been for like 50, 75, 90. And, and, you know, and I was I was talking to, to to JJ about it because we both stayed in 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 uh, the LA area for a few extra days, and we're at dinner, and we were we were talking about it, going, yeah, you see. You know, when especially when we were in Europe playing all these big festivals, you see Kiss and Iron Maiden and all the big headliners with like seven tractor trailers and fourteen tour buses and like forty-two people on 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 the, on the crew. And what do we do? We show up with some guitars, some drumsticks, and like three people on the crew. A four duffel people. bag, <laughs> a duffel bag. So remember, and we're headlining. And we, remember we played in it was in Italy. Uh, was it Italy or Spain? Can't remember. But we went on because of the way they they run their clocks. Yes. We went on after Iron Maiden. So yes. We were really we were supposed to be special guests, and but because the bands nobody wants to bands like screw closing. It's four in the morning. Nobody wants to go on. Yeah. So we we closed, and Maiden had like you said, you know, the the full stage set, the yeah. the the jumbo jet, jet the you know yeah. seven semis, the crew, all that stuff. And we had a duffel bag. It had our, besides our guitars, it had our backdrop and my mic stand in it. <laughs> a duffel and bag. And they walk out on this and said, where's your, where is the, they cruise the stage? All right, where's your, your stuff? And they threw the duffel bag on the stage and goes, that's it. So, and the promoter had the audacity to say to our tour manager, 
your band realizes that more than half these people, because Maiden had finished the set, are going to leave now. And I don't know what uh, Danny, knowing Danny's confidence in us, Danny Stanton started as a fan, and then he, he's, he's been our agent and our tour manager for years. And there's probably no bigger believer in Twisted Sister than Danny. Danny uh, Stanton, yes. And, and Danny said to him, nobody's going to leave. Nobody's going to leave. And the guy said, okay, sure. We want nobody left. Nobody. It was like 50,000 people made to the set, Spain, Europe, they know. Twisted Sister with their duffel bag and their guitars. What we do. <laughs> we show up with. And, and we just tore the place to shreds. And I'm not saying we blew Maiden off the stage. No. Maiden holds their own. They're an amazing band. But no shame in our game. No. We, we, we hold our own. We do what we do. And not a person walked out there saying, everyone walked out saying, Maiden and Twisted Sister. Twisted Sister and Maiden were amazing. Okay, so, but, uh, but you know, we just, a duffel bag. That's what we used to carry around so at the end. We had yeah. no stand. Because we only played each shows, so you don't have, you can't afford to have this big stage rig with semis yeah. for one off, one show. It's just one off or two you, offs, you yeah, in yeah, weekend. Not yeah. cost effective. Yeah. So you get a, they get a duffel bag, the duffel bag show. <laughs> we, show up, we show up with guitars, <laughs> drumsticks, a duffel bag with backdrops, and Dee's mic stand that screws apart, and it yeah. goes in the duffel bag. And that was, we used to show up for the biggest shows. You know, like, like uh, what was it, Grass Pop in Belgium, you know? Huh? 125,000 people. <laughs> the, the, and and the, stage, the stage manager goes, where's all your equipment? I said, it's... We just have guitars and a backdrop. That's all we yeah, do. We, 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 rent, listen, we rent the amplifiers. Yeah. We use the equipment that's that's available, but we don't have any stage set or no, ramps. No. Or, uh, or explosives. Just, just go out and play, man. Turn the Mark lights on, to, turn the PA Mark on, and we're to ready say, to go. They said, Twisted never had pyro, and Mark used to say, Dee's the, the pyrotechnic. <laughs> yeah, Dee's our special <laughs> effect. <laughs> that's all we need is him. <laughs> It's great, you know. Going back to the to the club thing, as, as you said, you know, we we duked it out in these wars for years, for years, and uh, you know, uh, <laughs> you and I traveled together most of the time in the clubs. You know, I bomber, put over in the bomber in, in, in the, the bomber. Office. I put over three hundred when that when that motor blew when we were on the way back from a club in Jersey. We were on Staten Island, and that motor blew. It had 383,000 miles on that Oldsmobile. That car. First, I was I thinking, there's so many stories I could tell about driving, but you picking me up and going, and I would always leave the house. I would take the last thing I would do is shower before we went. Yeah, we of left. Yeah. And in the winter, my hair would freeze. Freeze. Yeah. So I'd be sitting in the car <laughs> with icicles on my, my hair. <laughs> But yeah, it was like, yeah, three hundred eighty-three thousand. And you know, I did all the work on the car. You know, of course. I mean, and I changed all the parts. I, you know, I went to water pumps and alternators and power. And pumps. always throw a can of STP in there. Always, always, because man. your dad threw the yeah. can of STP yeah. in. Dad, yeah, keep the can of STP. Yeah, three hundred eighty-three thousand miles and. Put a rod through the bottom of the engine block. You know, ah. we were cranking up to the Thurogsnek, to, to you're up to the Verrazano Bridge, and we heard bang, you know, and steam and everything. I was like, that's it, man, it's done. <laughs> all right, st story time. First of all, Mark and I used to say, you know, when this car, when this car goes, you should have it crushed into a block and then put it into a coffee table. <laughs> 
in your living room with like a glass top on it. Yeah. Now, whatever happened to that car? This is it. Right yeah, here. Unfortunately, you, you, you need a forklift. To on it. Unfortunately, you need a forklift to move your coffee table. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I so, did. I did. Listen, listen. I what? did take the hubcaps off the car, and the analog clock in the dashboard. I still oh, have it at home. It's still working. <laughs> I have it on a twelve this, volt this was, what, what year was this car? What, Nineteen. What, what? Hang on. It was a nineteen seventy-two. 1972 Delta 88 two-door. Remember the doors were like eight foot long? My father yeah. left it to me when he passed away. This, the, These were the cars were huge. Oh, this is the, the, the legendary, the gas guzzlers. 72. So the oil crisis happened in 73, 74. Yeah. Right? That's when, and that's when they started the um, catalytic converters. So this is pre-cat. Right. You know, this is like the Bluesmobile, except it's not, not a cop car. <laughs> it was it, right. Gigantic it was a... We cruise. So... Famous, we, and we always, and Mark always called it the bomber. The bomber. The bomber. Hey, we say, how are we getting there, bomber? The bomber, of course. I'm not going to take bomber. one of my nice cars there. And um, so it was my bachelor party. Oh, my God. And my bachelor party, so after, I don't know where we were going, if we were going, if we were between places, but all I know is, it, you know, all, Mark, we are in the bomber, me and Mark, and, and a bunch of other cars following us, and we're riding down Sunset Parkway in the bomber, and some guy in a Ford Pinto, which was now this. So this is 1981. 81. When you got married. 81. So now you're starting to get cars are becoming smaller. They're less substantial. They're less formative, uh, formidable. You know, they're they're just they're these little tin boxes. And this guy, we're in the right lane because Mark's like staying right lane because he's leading a bunch of people. Right. And being a good leader, you don't go in the left lane and start losing people. Everybody's going to buy it. Because we're getting off the next exit, too. Doing the speed limit. Not, just doing, you know, not, not doing anything crazy. No, I wasn't doing anything crazy, Some no. Ford Pinto decides he's going to merge in onto the parkway and cut Mark off in the bomber. And I'm like, hey, Mark, that car is, like, moving in. And Mark doesn't say a word. Mark's, like, just same speed driving. The car, the Pinto, connects with our car. Its bumper catches on the bomber bumper, which is, like, was a steel, big steel, steel bumper, steel. yeah. And it rips his bumper half off. <laughs> Mark just keeps going. And now... The bumper is pointing like a like a unicorn horn straight out of the front of the Pinto, and Mark is driving, and now the guy is freaking out and he's pulling up to Mark, trying to get Mark to pull over, because he tried to merge into the bomber, and he lost. <laughs> and you remember, and my fender tore his fender. The big line, like, just ripped down the yeah. side of the car. Yeah, it was like a James Bond moment, you know, <laughs> where, where you're like, oh a, oh, a double flat. You know, I mean, and so Mark never stopped. No, and he hit me. Days later, the cops came to your house. Yeah, state trooper came to my not? house. Yeah, <laughs> yeah came and to my house, say? asked me what happened. And it's unbelievable because the guy in the other car said, I tried to merge and I hit him. <laughs> so I said, you know, listen, we were we were go. I was good, taking a whole bunch of people to a bachelor party, and you know, I didn't stop, but he hit me. And he goes, the trooper said, yeah, you're right, he did. He said he hit you. So 
I didn't get a ticket for leaving the scene of an accident. And he said, also, there's no mark on the bomber. There's no, no evidence it's that like, the bomber has been it was all rusted out. at all. Yeah. So this remember, guy had a fist fight and got his ass kicked, and there wasn't one mark on the other guy. And they just, <laughs> the, the car is, like, unscathed. Yeah, I remember you sitting in the front seat next to me, and you go, I said, well, he might have knocked some rust off the car. That's all. What am I worried about? I mean, it's solid steel, these cars, man. They, they didn't bend. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I didn't get in trouble for that. I talked to the trooper, and everything was fine. So let's talk about the Heavy Metal Hall of Fame for a second. Yeah, let's go friend. back to it, sure. But well, look, I got not, it right here. Not the induction. That's, the, that's it right there, yeah. Yeah, this is that's the award right here, Heavy Metal the award. Hall of Fame. And, um, you know, I'm a little pissed off about the award, okay? Because what Pat, the guy who started the, the Heavy Metal Hall of Fame, said I was leaving, be careful with those. They're very delicate. What, this thing? Yeah. You broke yours? No. Oh. But he said they're very delicate. If you look at it, it's kind of plaster of Paris. It's the Heavy Metal Hall of Fame. How could it be delicate? How could it be delicate? We just have a, a piece of metal arc welded to another piece of metal with a plaque welded on it that says Metal Hall of Fame, and that's the award. You shouldn't have a plaster of Paris thing the kids made as a school project. <laughs> so that's got to be fixed. It's the Metal Hall of Fame. Just make it out of metal. That's it. A piece of rebar. That's it. Hand me a piece of rebar. Yeah, a piece of rebar. <laughs> that's it. Here's the, here's the trophy. Thank you. This is metal. Okay? But that said, that said this is, uh, I'm very glad that somebody has taken the initiative to start this. It's been five years now, and it's building. You know, um, it started very small, and it's getting bigger and bigger, and it needs to keep going because heavy metal, like Twisted Sister, is yes. one of the most underrated unappreciated, disrespected forms of music, and it just should not be. No, as I said be. on stage that night, be. you know, the musicians that come out of this world are some of the greatest musicians in history, and especially in the guitar world. The greatest guitarists of all time have come from hard rock or metal bands. Yes. Clapton and Beck and, and Page and, and Hendrix and then go to Van Halen and Vi and on and on and on. These people who are regarded, and, and no questions, as the greatest of their of what they do, they're from metal bands, man. And, and that form of music deserves recognition. And I'm glad that somebody is, you know, is doing it, and we're supporting it by uh, you know, accepting the nomination and coming down and performing. They weren't sure we were going to perform. Well, we, you know, they, they, they didn't know we were going to perform, and, and I said, of course we're going to perform. Right. I, you know, we're retired. We're not, not friends and anything. We're going to get up there and rock. Yeah, I mean, when it first came our way last year, I think it was in June, the idea was, well, most of us want to be there. Since you lived near the place, you were going to accept the award for us. Right, right. right. We, we weren't going to play. We, we weren't right. going to do anything. And then, then JJ said, "Well, you know, maybe I'll go out there." And I, it's like I had to rearrange my life to do this. <laughs> I really did. And, when they um, started doing it, they wisely did it during the Nam. Uh, the first ones were during Nam, so a lot of musicians have, were already out there already. Nam is a is is um is a national association of uh, musical merchants. Yeah, mer merchants. But, but Nam and doesn't is it happening? Event. Right, Nam no, but isn't happening this time of year this year. It usually yeah, happens in January. It. But that's when they initially started, so right. that covered that because because you know they didn't they, they still don't have a lot of money, 
you know they're they're making this thing happen and um you know and i hope that uh, you know that it continues to build and more and more great bands accept the inductions and recognize and support it and like the long island music hall of fame it took 16 years for the long island music hall of fame to finally get a museum and it's right. it's amazing and i know that the metal hall of fame will eventually you know it'll build and build and build and and we will get a place and get and you know and like i said metal needs that respect from the music industry that recognition it does and maybe by having a hall of fame seeing in one place all putting all those dots for an average person going wow i never realized so many you know so many of these great things you know came from the world of heavy metal sure no, it, 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 it really does. It's nice to see that it's finally getting its recognition. And although we have been in the Long Island Music and Entertainment Hall of Fame since 2006, it wasn't until, uh, I don't know, about a month and a half ago when they opened the museum. And yeah. JJ and I were there. And, you know, all the Twisted Sister displays and all the other bands from that whole era, especially they were trying to recognize the club scene era at the time. And... Uh, you know, Kevin O'Callaghan did a brilliant job on the place. He really did. He he great. put it together. It was incredible. And um, but yeah, it's well, Kevin was a Kevin was a ticket scalper. Um, I, know, so I know. He has appreciation and respect. I know. And he's and he's a and he's actually award-winning. Uh, you know, des- um, set designer. He's in the set designer hall of fame. So uh, you know, we work with, with Kevin on the Christmas show. Uh, you know, and I'm telling. I'm, you know that, Mark. I'm looking at you, but I'm telling the audience. Yeah, yeah the audience. Work. And, and, and I went to elementary school. I went to school with Kevin. He sold me the worst tickets I ever had. He <laughs> swears he did not. He's like, he's like that guy in Fast Time at Ridgemont High. Right, you know, right. that, that guy trying to, I want you to want me. You know, the magic of you know, Robin Zander. <laughs> right. You know, so he was yes. like the hustler that Kevin was. And he sold me a pair of tickets, told me they were great seats. And so... I, I don't remember who the band was because I, I blacked out. Um, and it was at the Nassau Coliseum, and I had these great seats. Kevin sold me great seats. And he said, uh, and I asked, like, like the best-looking girl in school. And it impossible to get. And she went only because I had these great seats to see this great band. And we get down. I walk to the floor proudly, walk down to the floor. And, it, and you've experienced this. And, and I show my tickets to the girl. So we'll be showing up to the front row. And I show my tickets to the usher, and he goes, I'm like, oh, first mess. Actually, honey, that's better because when people stand up, we can still see over their heads. First mess is actually better than, than on the floor. Right. And we go up to the first mess, and the usher looks at it and he goes, well, that went on for about five levels until we were in the top the up to the row, the top row, the highest row. <laughs> And I guess she wasn't so impressed anymore. And sweating. I am just, I am just, and the girl is just so angry. And she's like not even looking at me or speaking to me. It was the <laughs> longest concert of my life. I said I just blacked out. And I, just, I, and I woke up, I was in my bed, and I pretended it never happened, but it happened. And I told him Callahan, I said, you son of a bitch. And I told him recently, he goes, I never sold bed. He's still denying he sold me bad seats. But I remember. That's why, that's why with Twisted, I had the idea of bringing somebody out from the last row in the arenas. Yo, I remember that. Down to the stage. That was because I had been that guy, and I'm up there with like binoculars going, do they even know I'm a rock? You know, so we used to bring somebody from the, 
Well, last row in the arena, onto the stage. Place would go crazy, you know. So that was because Kevin sold me those those shitty seats. <laughs> anyway, if you're on Long Island, you're listening, Long Island Music Hall of Fame. You don't have to be a fan, really, of Twisted Sister or whatever. It's a, it's a great presentation. My grandkids went, and they were knocked out. You know, and this is just a bunch of like dinosaurs to them. But they thought the whole presentation was great, and you know, they they loved it. So. Yeah, yeah, people it, should check it out. It turned out it turned out amazing. It really did. And uh, anybody who's on the Long Island, who travels and comes to the Long Island area, and even anybody who living in the New York metro area, you got to travel out there and see the uh, Long Island Music and Entertainment Hall of Fame. It's uh, Twisted Sister has a premier presence there. We really do. Kevin did a great job, you know, showing all the outfits and the guitars and 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 things like that. He really did a great job. I'm actually digging up some. I do have two sun cabinets, Coliseums. Oh. Yeah, I, and I do, and I'm going to bring them to him in about two weeks. And I also have one of the Sound City cabinets with the pink circles. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. You know what I would like? So uh, I, 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 I'm so weird because, you know, me and Mark, we talk, but we don't talk that much. And now here I'm on this radio show, and I'm having conversations that should be off air. But it would be great. <laughs> they had a lot of costumes. It would be great if we could all dig out, like, a costume from, say, Can't Stop Rock and Roll Tour. Like, and and give them to Kevin to display on five mannequins so you get that whole vibe that he can't stop rock and roll or Under the Blade or Stay Hungry. So, I mean, because J.J. had a costume there, and I had... Uh, a plethora because they did a little sort of expose on Suzette, my wife, because she, you know, is she's very influential in the 80s look of the 80s. And she oh, was yeah. this 15, she... 16 year old girl making costumes. And we would wear one when we toured, we had one costume for the whole tour. Yeah. Back in the bar days, she we were she was pumping out we were oh. multiple sets, multiple costumes, so many outfits, and she kept designing and making them. So they did a little nice little uh, expose on her as well at the Rock Hall of Fame because she's connected directly to the whole eighties rock thing with her with her clothes, makeup and costumes. And yeah, stuff, she was you know? she was responsible for all that amazing clothing. She really was. She designed it and uh, used used us as mannequins, and we all have little pinholes in us when she would put oh. everything on. Yes, she would. She would. And I. She, so I think. Okay, I think JJ's her least favorite. Okay, she loves JJ. <laughs> Nobody's. It's just you and me, right? Okay. So. Uh, Conveniently, well, JJ, JJ, JJ back, I mean, now Suzette's, you know, Suzette, I said she's like the little sister. She was this, she was like the little sister to the entire band. Yeah, yeah. But JJ was always, you know, JJ's very serious, and you know, he was, uh, uh, she, he, she swears that he once said to her when she was 15 years old, "What are your intentions with D?" Had a, she pulled her on the side, and she's 15. He said, "My intention is to get the hell away from them." So, but but he actually said, "What's your intentions?" Because he saw that I was smitten, you know. So uh, so anyway, she conveniently would leave or forget to take a straight pin out of JJ's outfit. Pretty much every outfit she made for him. So he would pull on a brand new Suzette special and ultimately get up. Straight pin somewhere where oh. he didn't want a straight pin to be. Yeah, I got and a couple go, oh, of those I'm myself. I'm so sorry, Jay. I'm so sorry. I forgot. I left one in there, <laughs> but only JJ. They <laughs> got the best. But I remember, you know, of course, we we go to your house, right? Suzette yeah. would have everything there, and she'd be putting pins in the outfits, right? 
and and she she never stuck me at the house, but once she left pins in my outfits twice. Oh, okay. But yeah. but as she's she working on it, as she's working on it, I go, ow! She goes, I wasn't even near your skin. I said, I'm just practicing. <laughs> She, I did that to her a number of times, so, and finally she punched me. <laughs> stop. Stop that. You're scaring me. <laughs> How long is the radio show? Uh, as long as we want it to be. Oh, okay. Or as short as we want it to be. Because I, I think we'd be remiss. Um, and uh, and this is this is what folks, this was called a freewheeling conversation. Yeah. This of is course. freewheeling. This is two friends talking who just had an amazing experience together. Um, I'm not surprised. But at the same time, I, didn't, I you know, I, I don't know. It doesn't, doesn't surprise me at all that we were still a sledgehammer. But I, but a part of me is like, wow, we're still a sledgehammer. You know, I mean, I never thought, I mean, in my 60s and like, you know, what to me when we were 40s was old when I was a kid. You know, the, the idea that, you know, but, you know, Keith Richards once said when they asked him at 21 how long he'd be doing it for. He said, I don't know, forever at 21. And yeah. they said forever. And he goes, well, look at the blues guys and the jazz guys. Right. You know, they got older and they just kept playing the blues and kept playing jazz. You know what I mean? And and that was very amazing foresight on his part to to notice that. It yeah, doesn't just do forever. it doesn't get better, people. It doesn't go away. You know, <laughs> it was like, oh, it got better. I, I, you know, it's, it's like, no, right. we're gonna be we're gonna be crazy old fuckers in like old folks' homes, like sitting there. They go, oh, yeah, look right. at me. He's having, he's having a seizure. So now he's, he's just singing <laughs> Run to the Hills on a loop in his head. <laughs> right. you know, but it's, a, it's not going to get better. It's just going to always be there. <laughs> As we come in on our walkers. <laughs> but I, but I, but I, I want to just acknowledge, I did it on stage. I've been acknowledging him forever. Raven. Raven oh. got inducted into yeah. the Heavy Metal Hall of Fame. They were the premier thrash band. They were. In the early 80s. Yeah, they, they were. They were the band. There was Metallica, and there was Anthrax, and there was Slayer, and there was Testament, and there was those bands in the Bay Area. These, I think they're Irish or Scottish. I'm not sure which one they are. Yes. These two brothers, the Gallagher's, and then they had a drummer. I think his name was like Thunderstick or something. I, I, he had, had a weird name. <laughs> he had like a, a, he used to wear a helmet. I just remember he wore a helmet. Right. But they were the best the number one they were on megaforce records and they were the first ones to get signed to a major label and every band not us because we were that was a bit different but they we didn't but they that we didn't play play with them i guess we were both headliners that's why but all those bands i mentioned from slayer and metallica and everybody they not only played opened for for raven they hoped they could get on the Raven tour because right. Raven was the band. The band, yeah. Well, they got inducted. They kicked ass. They were great, man. They that came night on out stage. there, those two old bastards, and they freaking thrashed. They did. I, they did a great job, man. It was great talking to them after the show and congratulating them. It's nice to see that they got recognized like that. Yes, yeah. and and I know I saw it in my my some of my family. My kids were like, "Oh my god." They're amazing. Yeah. And I'm and I was just sitting there in my I'm doing my process in the booth in the <laughs> middle of the club, just fuming. Not about them. Not about them. That's just what that's my process. I just sort of yeah. siphon hate. He's going through his and process. And I'm just there. And and I saw my son looking at me and I knew in his eyes he's going, Dad, I, I don't know. I think you, they may give you a run for your money. He didn't say those words, but I saw it in his eyes. 
And I was like, yeah, they're a great band. They're a great band. And they are a great band. Oh, but, um, great. They were, they were so entertaining, man. They were just yeah. great. Well, that's what it's supposed to be. That's what it's supposed to be. Just they are, for them, what we are for us. They are, yeah. uh, they, they're, they're in it. But uh, I, if there were people who thought that we were going to be upstaged by Raven, um, Raven were amazing. We were not upstage by anybody. No, of course <laughs> we, not. We just did what we do. Yeah. Jaws drop. Yeah. Uh, I remember one of the Gallagher brothers came in and was like, holy shit. Like, it was just like, you know, well, what just happened? Because mostly, because <laughs> bands happened? like Raven aren't used to anybody being remotely competitive. They've always been killers, those guys. Yeah. Their live show has always been, always been aggressive, fast, tight. So tight, like a machine gun. Yeah. And, uh, you know, nothing but respect for those guys. And I've always sang their praises. But, um, but yeah, my, my son, yeah, I schooled my own son. <laughs> he, he's, I said, really? Really? You, had, you doubted the old man for a second? Well, said, well it's been a, been a while, Dad. Did, you know? did your kids know about Raven, your boys? Did no. They know? No. no. They, nothing, they made huh? some fans. They oh, made okay. some fans. No, they didn't. Uh, Shane was so impressed. Yeah. With how tight they were and, and you know, and uh, great songs, great singing, great playing. Uh, like a machine gun, that band. Oh, they were, they were, they were, I'm telling you, it was so entertaining seeing those guys. I haven't seen them in a long time. It's been a really And funny, time. too. They're, they're, they're like cracking jokes. And, yeah. you know, they're like a lot like Twisted in that regard. Yeah. Where, you know, it's more, you know, it's more than just the music. It's right. it's the performance. It's what we have to say in between songs. And I, that's why I've always liked and respected them. And, again, glad they got that recognition because they – their place in the hierarchy of the thrash world. Um, it, I know that, and again, I know that the bands like Metallica, there was a mega force concert event down in Florida. Yeah. Metallica played and they brought Raven in and Raven was on the bill and all these mega force bands were on the bill honoring Johnny Z and his wife. What was his wife's name? Uh, Johnny and, and uh, damn. Yeah. And I, oh, God, you got me she's on like, that one. She's so much a part of his company. The two right. of them, him and his wife, husband and wife, right. the Zulas, Mr. and Mrs. Zula. Um, but they recently played with him. So the other bands know that Raven has this, this special place in the thrash, in the legend of thrash, in the history of thrash. But again, a lot of people don't know. They're like, they're kind of like us in many ways. So uh, again, we got recognized. They got recognized. It was it great. Was good. It was good to have them there too. It, it, it's just nice to see. I mean, we got recognized, we got inducted, and it was great to see a band like Raven also get inducted and get recognized. Um, you know, the crowd loved them too. They really did. Yeah. You know, they they, oh, they, they were great. Yeah, they were. They were they great, were and they and they played great, and they. But there, it's funny because, uh, not funny, but they're one of those bands that's still out there playing regularly, doing many shows a year. Yeah. It's what they do. Yeah. And we all do something else, and then we come together after six plus years. And then we do what we do, and and, and we do what we do. I have you know? no doubt about it. When we go do this, no doubt about it. It was uh, it was great. It really was, man. It was it was fantastic. And uh, you know, we, you and I, you know, we could go on about all of this stuff for like hours and hours. And you know, and yeah. I, I, know I hope you we're got... not boring people out there. But uh, oh, my son's calling me. Uh, his ears were ringing, as they say. Uh, no, but I'll talk to him later. Um, yeah, I mean, we we can, but hopefully we're we're entertaining you with our 
regaling oh, yeah, the yeah, tales yeah, the, of uh, the chats you know. rolling along. Man, people love what we're doing, and they love hearing from us. And especially since we're we're just coming off this high, being inducted into the Heavy Metal Hall of Fame. So I'm glad I could get you on tonight. And uh, you know, we had a great time hanging, and and uh, it was uh, <laughs> it was it was a crazy night. It really was. I mean, a lot of a lot of things happened that night. Nothing bad, you know. Just a real quick story for you. You know, yeah. um, you had tables reserved for your family and friends and JJ did and and uh and um and I had like one table reserved I had I had no guests <laughs> nobody <laughs> well I mean nobody... and that Mark's Mark's not putting point any fingers here we all my whole family lives out here in California now. yeah but still so all my kids were there and right. I was flattered yeah. that they wanted and that's to come. not a complaint you know? right? no, yeah yeah no so they were all there so it was all four of them and they're partners and it was, it was like 10 of us you know so snyder so, army but you guys had like jj had a bunch of those tables where you were sitting yeah you know and then he had a bunch of the round tables up against the wall and i know i had one table you know so i wanted to find it so i walk over here's two guys i don't know who they are and it had they had the reserve signs on the tables and it said i picked it up it said mark mendoza so i said it's my table the guy says to me how do you know that I pick up the sign. See the name? That's me. <laughs> so get up. Walk away. And they got up and just walked away. <laughs> oh, did you tell, I didn't tell them what happened with our dressing room. So we apparently had a dressing room. And, um, and none of us, you know, it was, a, it was a social event. And our families and friends were, were there. So, you know, I, and, and, and me, well, the process part of me wanted to go to the dressing room and process. The other part of me said, you know, this is, you need to be out here. Yeah. You know, it, it, with yeah. your family. My whole we family. Out front was there. the whole time. Yes. And, and they come to see me and I'm not, and, and I'm not even there sitting with them, you know. So, but Mark went back. So, so of course, you leave a room empty, even if it says Twisted Sister on the door, people are going to think that they can move in. <laughs> and some people did. And tell them what happened. <laughs> so I go back there. I think I'm the first band member that goes back to the dressing room, you know, and I was going to just try to warm up a little bit, you know, how, I mean, you go through a whole process of stretching. Yeah, this is shortly also. before going on. Yeah. Right, right. And, you know, I was going to just do some quick vocal things that you and I used to do together. And the, it, the dressing room's full of people. I mean, there's like five or six people in there, right? I didn't even know who they were. You know, so I walk in the dressing room, and I know that you wanted to get in there at one point or another, and I know JJ was. I was standing out by the bathroom. Yeah. We were standing. Well, the dressing room was filled. I didn't know until you came out that that was our dressing room because I went there, and I saw, like, a gazillion people in there, and I said, yeah, oh, so, okay. So, so walked, this is just part of I'll go through my process. People kept saying, are you waiting online for the bathroom? No, <laughs> I'm in my corner doing a process. So I'm processing. So I walk into the room, and, and like, these Three or four guys go, hey, we're having a private discussion. I said, this is my dressing room. They go, no, it isn't. I said, this is my dressing room. And they go, how do you know that? And I take the sign off the door. It says, it says twisted fucking sister. Now get up. <laughs> Out. And I wasn't, I'm being nice now. Get up. <laughs> and they did. They got up and left. And Why? I took the See, sign I had to show the sign. The yeah, yeah. Side. It's just twisted F and sister on it. It's us. That dress that dressing room reminded me of Zebra's dressing room. <laughs> Back <laughs> in the was, club. There days. was more people Zebra's in the dressing, dressing room. room at a right. Zebra show. There was more people in the dressing room than out front. You go to see Zebra and you go <laughs> to say to say hi, and you're walking through a packed dressing room of people partying, and where's Zebra? 
They're out at the bar. They, it was so crowded in their <laughs> own dressing so room. The they dressing just room. left. They go to the bar. They would leave the room because there was no place for them in their own dressing room. <laughs> I remember, and I remember they when I would go see Mendoza them. I said, to point out the name on the door. Right. I said, I said to Randy and and uh, and Felix was sitting at the bar, and I go join him. I go, why aren't you in the dressing room? He go, it was too crowded. I said, you want me to empty it for you? I will. <laughs> No, you know, we'll wait here until, no, it's your dressing room. Let's clear it out. No, they didn't do it. Our they dressing room was like, oh, yeah, it was, you could, no one. No, yeah, especially no back one. in the 80s, yeah, the backstage was, like, was tumbleweed, man. There tumbleweed. was no one in the hallways, no one anywhere. <laughs> Any, anywhere. You know, D, I got to thank you so much. I love you, brother. I really do. I love you back. We have we we have a, we had a great time, and we still do have a great time, even when we talk. Uh, you know things are great, and, and uh, but you know we got up and we did what we did best, man, and, and we won. We threw down. Yeah, we did. We threw. <laughs> we, down. Threw, we threw down. Like uh, I said, yeah, man. I, I was when you call when you call me and said, "Hey, would you be on the show?" I was like, "Awesome," because this is actually you know like what do they, what do they do after you like. They take people who have been in combat or in space, and then they they like they depro not deprogram, but they, you know that thing they do where they just talk to them for. I right. need to. Talk, I'm still like me just too. buzzing. Me yeah, too. I'm just buzzing. Oh, yeah. And when you said, "Do you want to come on the show and talk?" I was like, "Perfect, perfect." I I, I can't because Suzette just says, "Shut up about it already." You know, it's like, <laughs> they go on and on. I've heard it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys kicked ass. I told him to kick ass that night. We have to keep talking about it. It was great. She's tough, but she keeps. She makes me humble. Yes, uh, exactly. But anyway, yeah, my, I love you. It was so good to, to get on here and talk. Yeah, yeah. It was and, just, uh, and just like uh, I said, I people entertained. I will share the stage of battle with you and the other guys anytime, anywhere, anyhow, in any condition, man. I mean, it's just, and it is a stage of battle for us. It really is. You know what? Somebody, some people are trying to convince me to to you know come out of retirement and and one person most most the the biggest what's the word i can say the best argument that anybody's come up with so far uh you know helicopter mike by any chance oh yeah of course helicopter I know. Mike. Yeah, yeah, helicopter mike. Mike. yeah he said he, he he goes just think how you humiliate those 20 something year olds and i was going that's kind of cool <laughs> The idea of like embarrassing twenty somethings, uh, with to get up on stage and be our age and just crushing their souls, <laughs> you, know, I, well, you know, I I really enjoy that. You could do it politely and say to them, <laughs> "See this? That's how it's done, MFR." It, pay attention. It's a TED talk. This is, this take is notes, a lesson to take be learned. Take notes and run with it. <laughs> take our advice. <laughs> D, thank you so much, man, for spending an evening with us. It was great. Uh, like I said, I love you, brother, and uh, you know we talk often, and it's great. Um, and uh, I, I just can't say enough. I really can't. I can't. Usually, I'm not stuck for likewise. words. But likewise, I'm, look, likewise. Look at me, man. Not, look at me. Clearly, we're not a loss for words, but we're lost for words to explain. Well, yeah, but look how at me. I'm all, I'm all choked up. I got a lump in my throat. I'm misty-eyed and shit. You know, it was a great. It was a great evening, and and who knows what's going to happen in the future? But uh, you know, hey, everybody, the amazing. Great D. Snyder on with us tonight. Yes. Thanks for having me. 
amazing Mark the Animal Mendoza. And we will do it in the near future again because there's a million yes. things we can talk about and just entertain yeah. everybody. Just discussions, man. They love hearing it and love seeing it. Anyway, everybody, thanks for tuning in tonight. I am Mark Mendoza. That is definitely D. Snyder. This is 22 Now on Area 22 Productions. We are here 7 p.m. just about every Tuesday evening. We got great shows coming up, so stay tuned. Great seeing you, and I'm going to do a D. Snyder's thing. Stay healthy, stay hungry, and we'll see you again next week. Hell yeah. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.